It's time for Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Good morning, Keith. Good morning. Let's talk about Aaron O'Toole, the now former conservative leader who was voted out as a leader during the show yesterday. Yeah. We were able to break that for you on the show yesterday as soon as it happened. So, you know, he is out. I guess not a surprise that he was voted out by his own MPs. Maybe the margin was The margin, bigger I think. I don't think a lot of people saw the uh, the decisiveness of this vote. It was yeah. 73-45, I think. Yeah. Uh, you know, as of the day before, O'Toole's people were given the impression he was maybe able to hang on by a bare majority, but this yeah. was a pretty decisive vote in the caucus. And it's unique. You know, Michael Chong, the MP, brought in that act that allowed parties to adopt it if they wish of how to deal with leadership changes. And we talked about this yesterday. Without that act, this thing could have dragged on for months. And, uh, but with this act, there's, it's, it puts to a formal vote of the caucus at a certain time. And it played out very quickly. You know, we've all covered caucuses here rebelling against their leaders, and that, that's a soap opera that can go on for a long time. This one was um, handled very quickly. The challenge, of course, of the Conservatives, though, very similar to the B.C. Liberals, how do they find their way back to the voters in the urban and suburban areas of the country? And that's where the Conservatives have a real problem. Now, O'Toole was trying to bring them back to the center a bit. Yeah. And the caucus just didn't want to go there. And that's the problem the conservatives face right now is they've got a, a, a caucus that tilts fairly right. And mm. that's not speaking to the voters of Greater Toronto or, or Metro Vancouver. Okay, let's listen to Aaron O'Toole in the video that he released yesterday after he was voted pretty, out. Pretty classy video. I thought so, too. Let's listen to a bit of it. Aaron O'Toole. This afternoon, I stepped down as leader of Her Majesty's Loyal Opposition and leader of the Conservative Party of Canada following a Reform Act vote in our caucus. I believe that a strong, modern, and united Conservative Party will help our country heal and help our country lead again. I pledge my support and unwavering loyalty to our next leader, and I urge everyone in our party to come together and do the same. Okay, Aaron O'Toole speaking yesterday, and this is a wide-open leadership con contest oh, yeah. right now, I think. Yeah, who knows? Uh, it could be a lot of contenders, or it could be very few. I mean, Pierre Polyev, obviously, he's, seems to be the the name on most people's lips. But, yeah. um, you know, there's a number of other candidates that are going to step forward here. But again, the challenge for the party is, how do you connect to the voters in Metro Toronto and Metro, Metro Vancouver and Metro Montreal? That's where all the writings are. What do you think they're saying in the back rooms of the Liberal Party with this development? Because I saw some speculation online yesterday, oh, does Tr Trudeau now try to trigger some kind of snap election here to catch the uh, Conservatives flat-footed? Yeah, I think that would be unwise <laughs> of Mr. Trudeau to, to, to uh, have yet another fake election. I mean, that's... Yeah. Yeah. The last one, you know, didn't go well for him in terms of achieving a majority. I think he would still come out on top, but I'm not sure he'd get a majority. I think the the, the conservative vote seems to be pretty locked in in the ridings in which they've, they've got, which is Western Western uh, Canada for the most part. You know, the funny thing about O'Toole is actually he did pretty well in the last election. Like, he came pretty close, actually, and who knows, if they get a new leader that has got some fresh appeal to Canadians... You can't rule out that maybe maybe this is a, a good turning point for the Conservative Party. Oh, maybe, but they you know they they lost ground in urban uh, Metro Vancouver and Metro yeah. Toronto. That's where yeah. they lost ground, and 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 O'Toole was trying to have it both ways. Yeah. And we talked about this yesterday. I think his problem was he um, he'd take one step forward in terms of shifting the party more to the center right, and then two steps back to placate those who didn't agree with that position, and and that uh, lost him ground. He lost four ridings in Metro Vancouver, which is critical. I mean, he, you have to hang on to the 
the Cloverdale Langley City uh, writings. You've got to hang on to Port Moody, uh, and he didn't. He lost badly in those in those writings as a result. Okay, get set to call me on that with your thoughts on it. Let's talk about another party going through some leadership drama right mm. now, and that's the BC Liberal Party, and they are voting to elect a new leader this weekend. Yeah. Okay. Unless a judge steps in here and stops it, because now we've got a lawsuit from a disgruntled party member. This is the allegations of fake memberships or membership fraud. All the fingers pointing at the guy who's poised to win this, by all accounts, Kevin Falcon. Okay, so this is now heading to court. I, I really doubt a judge is going to step uh, yeah. in here and stop I, this leadership. I'd, I'd be surprised if a judge yeah. stepped in here. It does, though, again, bring uh, raise the issue. And you know, I've talked about this before. The problem with this one-member, one-vote uh, structure is op- wide open to allegations of abuse and, and uh, you know fake memberships and such. I still advocate, let's go back to the delegate convention. Let's, let's have committed party members go into arena, civic center, Sweat it out for three days, bicker and fight, and after come the, up with a leader there. After the COVID restrictions are a- dropped. After, so. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Okay. So, uh, you know, it's interesting what uh, played out last night. Renee Merrifield, one of the leaders, had a very long Twitter thread about not, not entirely sure what the point she was trying to make. Val Litwin, another contender, said he would basically quit the party if Kevin Falcon uh, were to uh, win the win the crown on Saturday. So this is starting to sort of uh, heat up at the at the very last moment. Yeah, it's starting to be like another gang up and anyone but Kevin Falcon here pulling out all the stops here to try well, and Fal- stop him. Yeah, it's, it, again, it's a preferential ballot right. system. So let's say Falcon doesn't get to, to I mean, he is the perceived front runner. Uh, yeah. But if he's, if he's at 35% in the first count, can he get to 50 on subsequent counts as second choices and third choices are added to the count? I'm not sure Kevin Falcon is the second or third choice for many of the people voting for Ellis Ross or Michael Lee or Renee Merrifield. Okay, let's listen to Falcon because he's been a guest here on the show several times in the past, and we've talked about these allegations of fraudulent membership signups in his campaign. You've got his opponent saying like, oh, we see people that have been signed up that don't live at the addresses where they're listed or they don't live in British Columbia. Oh, this thing's a fraud. Falcon is signing up fraudulent memberships. That's the allegation. And I I put that to Falcon when he was on the show here a couple of weeks back. Here's what he had to say to me. What's important to understand is, you know, when these uh, le- this letter was written by the other campaigns, most of them, not all of them, uh, to the party, uh, suggesting that they had concerns, the party did write back to all of us and made it very clear there's absolutely, I'm quoting now, absolutely no evidence of any impropriety. Okay, that's Falcon. Falcon speaking to me a couple of weeks back. Yeah, he's quoting the party saying there's absolutely no evidence. I mean, the other other candidates are the ones making these allegations. Not the first time we've heard allegations of improper signups in leadership races. It's happened in the NDP. It's happened in the BC Liberals. It's happened on the federal stage for other parties as well. And I agree with you. I, I'd be very surprised if a judge weighs in here. Okay. This Val Litwin, the liberal MLA who's running for the leadership, you mentioned that he put out a, a tweet yesterday that said, if Falcon wins, I'm out. I'm mm-hmm. going to quit the liberal party. He will be on the show tomorrow. So I'm looking forward to asking him about that. Like, if Falcon wins this, does it tear the party apart here? I mean, you got this uh, MLA saying he's going to quit. Well, he's not an MLA yet, but... Um, oh, he's not, right, he's not He's no. not an MLA now, he's the, yeah. He's the president of the BC Chamber of Commerce, so he's, right. he's not a nobody. Um, it's interesting. I'm not sure the BC Liberals... We've all talked about the BC Liberals sort of fracturing as a result of the last election, uh, the last two elections, actually. They've really lost their way, and they're, they're trying to find a way back 
into the suburbs of Metro Vancouver, and it's going to be more than a leadership change, I think, to to accomplish that. But Falcon, you know, he's going to have his enemies if he if he's the winner. But I I don't know, you know, I've seen no reason to suggest that the Liberals are necessarily going to fall apart. But it's going to be a challenge for them to stick together in opposition. This is a free enterprise coalition. It holds together when they're in power because they're in power. It's very easy to stick together when you've got your hands on all the levers. When you don't, it's harder to stick together. Okay, we also talked earlier on the show today about living with COVID. Is this the path that we are all on, that eventually we've just got to live with this thing? Mm-hmm. We can't eradicate it. We have to manage it and live with it, drop the restrictions. Now, that is what Scott Moe is saying in Saskatchewan. The Saskatchewan Premier putting out a statement on this yesterday. Let's have a listen to what he had to say, and then I'll get your thoughts. Saskatchewan Premier Scott Moe. Travel, go to work, have dinner with your friends, go to the movies, go to your kids' games, most importantly. You should do all of these things without constantly assessing if your every activity is absolutely necessary. What's necessary is your freedom. What's necessary is getting your life back to normal. Okay, so that's kind of one of the clearest statements we've heard well, from a premier along those lines. Most of the things he listed you can do in BC. We don't have the restrictions that other jurisdictions have. You can go to a restaurant, you can go to the theater. Um, again, but you know, everyone is headed on the same course right now. Everyone is moving towards lifting restrictions, and, yeah. and, and but it's just that the timeline is different in different jurisdictions. You yeah. you see, you know, Denmark and the UK are moving quicker than other places, even yeah. though their cases are surging. But you're right. We are going to learn to live with this virus. In fact, you go back to March 2020, Bonnie Henry said, this virus is never going to, is not going to be eradicated. We're going to have to learn to live with this. And appropriate steps had to she be She said taken. that two years ago? She said that two years wow. ago. Okay. But uh, we weren't at a position of being able to lift restrictions back then. We didn't have any vaccines, if you recall. I mean, it took took a long time before vaccinations arrived. So the... the, the um, it's been flagged for some time in BC. You know, mid February, I expect the the ban on gatherings, the fifty percent capacity, will likely be lifted or start to be lifted. Uh, Bonnie Henry's used the description of a of a dimmer switch, gradually being turned, and that's what's going to happen through the spring and summer. But it's not an off on thing. It's not like everything disappears all at once. Yeah. And other provinces are moving at different speeds, but we're all headed on the same path. Keith Baldry is my guest. Baldry's Beat. Phone lines are open 604-280-9898, star 9898 on your cell. Carrie in Surrey. Hi, Carrie. Go ahead. Hi. Yes. Um, I was just going to say I'm very frustrated with the trucker convoy, and quite frankly, I, I can't see much light between them and those who refuse to accept that Trump didn't win the last election. Because the fact of the matter is these vaccine and mass mass mandates have saved lives. Unfortunately, we can't quantify it with a number. But every time I hear, you know, a vaccinated person in an ICU or hospital, to me, my first thought is that person wouldn't be here if they weren't vaccinated. And I just wish they would just kind of cool their jets, go home, and I've had enough. Well, I'll tell you what, the situation in Ottawa, or thank you for the call, Carrie. Like the situation in Ottawa, we talked about this in mm-hmm. the first hour of the show. You had that Ottawa police chief yesterday basically throwing his hands up and saying, oh, we can't, do, we can't fix this thing. Yeah, we don't know appro- what to do. And an appropriate uh, name. Slowly, slowly. <laughs> chief, slowly, moving very slowly. And Trudeau and today, saying, like, suggesting maybe the, the military should well, be deployed. And, uh, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I think Trudeau today said they ruled out for now bringing the military in. So it yeah. seems to be an intractable situation in Ottawa. I'm not sure what the answer is there. Municipal police forces aren't necessarily equipped to deal with situations like this, which is why I think the Ottawa police chief is expressing this sort of trepidation in terms of 
of moving in with any any great force. So uh, great call, Kerry. I'm not sure what the answer is. It's interesting. Abacus poll out today. Two thirds of uh, Canadians say they want no part of this convoy, but about a third of Canadians do, and that seems to be reflected in other polls. So it's about a third of the public are sort of a combination of support for the convoy and a combination for you know lifting their cause and such. You know, maybe they don't support you know st- standing on the tomb of the unknown soldier, but they might support like yeah, look, it's time to get back to normal. Well, there's like, about a there's about a third of the country, and uh, any election is fairly you know on on the right. Hands right to wing side of the political spectrum, so it's no surprise that they would have that level. Of yeah, they've but got two thirds of the public are opposed. Okay, Daryl and Coquitlam. Hi, Daryl. Go ahead. Hi, thanks for taking my call. Sure. Uh, I, I just want to get your thoughts on since Aaron O'Toole uh, could not move the party to the center right and has failed. Is there a jeopardy now of the Conservatives being taken over by the far right uh, element, such as people like Pierre Polavari? And, and moving more like the Republican Party mm-hmm. in the, did in the United States, where it has been taken over by the Ron DeSantos, Ted Cruz, Donald Trump faction. And in Canada, there are no more red Tories left of, of Brian Mulroney's yeah. day. Yeah, no, that's a very good point. Uh, there certainly is a possibility that's going to happen. The red Tories have been vanquished in that caucus. And when you don't get elected in the suburban ridings of Toronto and Vancouver and Montreal, you lose your red Tory presence. So they're, they're now the caucus is dominated by the rural right in Canada. There's not enough seats there to form government, but they can still, you know, form a, an opposition party. But the, the, I think the Tories are very much in danger of splitting again as they did in the 1990s. The, the yeah. Reform Party went one way. The Conservatives right. went out of the Canadian Alliance. So yeah, no, this uh, that party is very much uh, in jeopardy in terms of of uh, holding together. Dave in Vancouver, hi Dave, go ahead. Half hour of talk radio in Vancouver, Canada, for that matter. Now, quickly, uh, a couple of comments. Number one, as I've said on more than one occasion, what we have created is not the independent voter, the dependent voter. And so, if you're a party that's promising more than, say, another party, and you've got a situation where you've got a half million people coming into the country, very thankful. And a lot of these people, hard, industrious, working people, some with wealth. Hey, who are you going to vote for? And so, when you create that situation, well, we're down to a one-party system, basically. And, and so, uh, so you're saying, well, hang on a sec, so you're saying what, like, um, immigrants to Canada will support Trudeau? Is that the point you're well, it, making? It, it, the, the basic point is that whoever, what party's in power, if you're going to get a lot of support from the government, etc., wouldn't you, as a person that's come to your country, think, well, this is the party that really helped me get here. Okay, thank you, Dave. And when it comes to different issues, if you can get uh, promise this, promise that, You've got more and more people that are dependent on the government, you know, from, yeah. well, uh, the, you know, basically the cradle to uh, the coffin. Thank you, Dave. Thank you, yeah, Dave. Uh, always great to hear from you, Dave, uh, over the years. Uh, yeah, it's an interesting point. The, the federal liberals under Pierre Trudeau and Lester Pearson um, benefited from uh, large immigration. I mean, immigration uh, population would support the government that got them into the country. I mean, that was... That was a bread and butter issue for for uh, governments for a long time. Not so sure that's the case right now, but uh, it's an it's an interesting point. Okay, are are left of center parties at an advantage uh, during COVID? I mean, we have seen we haven't seen a lot of right of center parties have a lot of huge success in the country during COVID. Well, yeah, um, people have become more dependent. I mean, Scott on Mo, Scott Moe is is popular Scott Moe in was Saskatchewan. The, was the except, yeah, Scott Moe was the exception. 
Uh, Jason Kenney's gone down in popularity uh, in this. In this, uh, Justin Trudeau won re-election. John Horgan won re-election. Uh, so yes, uh, the the people are more supportive of government than they ever have been. 